1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 1. I heard Chuck Swindoll share a story a few weeks ago about a young man who was fleeing enemy soldiers and he enters into this cave and very quickly a spider at the entrance of the cave built a web. And so the soldiers as they were looking for this man uh, went by this cave but they saw the spider web there and they thought well he couldn't have gone in here because there's a spider web he would have broken through the web. And so they went on his way and the man escaped and he he later wrote in his journal, he said, For those who know God, a spider web is a wall. But for those that God is against, a wall is a spider web. And uh, it is true. God is our protector as his people. And uh, we need that protection from God. I'm grateful that he supplies it. Uh, David is here in a situation, he's been anointed king of Israel. And Saul has begun to grow in his jealousy against David and his hatred for David. And he tells all of his servants and his family members, whoever finds David, I want you to kill him. And so Jonathan hears his words. Jonathan pulls him aside and says, look, uh, David's been a good servant for you. He's gone out and fought the battles against the Philistines. God has given him great victory. He's killed Goliath. All of these things he's done, he's been a faithful servant. He served you uh, with faithfulness and integrity. And why would you do this against David? And so he, he convinces Saul, and Saul uh, turns from his plan and says, David I will surely not die. Well, then David comes in to play music for him. When Saul's being tormented by an evil spirit, Saul takes his spear, and he hurls the spear at David and pins him against the wall. Uh, or, or excuse me, tries to pin him against the wall, and David escapes. Then Saul sends messengers to David's house. And he says, look, I want you to surround this house, and I want you to wait for daylight, and when David comes out, I want you to kill him. But somehow, Saul's daughter, Michael, hears about it. And she's David's wife. And she tells David, they're, they're trying to kill you. I'm going to let you out through the window. And so she lets him out through the window, and David escapes. Finally, David goes and he flees to Saul's friend, Samuel. And Samuel supports him as well. Saul hears where David is, and he sends a group of men to kill him. He's nothing but persistent, isn't he? They come to kill him, and when they get to the, the place where David is... A spirit, some believe it was an evil spirit, some believe it, it was the Holy Spirit, I'm not really sure, but there was a spirit that God allowed to come on them, and they're prophesying, and they can't pursue David. He, then he sends a second group, the same thing happens, and then finally he comes himself. But not only does Saul prophesy, he strips off his clothes, there may have still been a tunic there, uh, either way, kind of reminds me when my daughter, we, she found out we were going to the beach and she said, Dad, you're not going to wear a shirt. And she was absolutely disturbed by that. But anyway, no extra charge for that. But anyway, Saul uh, pulls these garments off and it's a picture 
of the fact that God has stripped the kingdom away from him and given it to David. And it should have triggered Saul's memory as well because when Saul first became king, one of the ways that God validated him in the eyes of the people was for the Spirit of God to fall on him and for him to prophesy. And so now the same thing has happened, and yet it's done, uh, done so to give David's enemy a chance to escape, and David escapes yet again. The hand of God was upon David's life, and he was protecting him. Uh, we need to trust in God's ability to protect us. There may be times when we're called upon to suffer for the Lord. The Bible says those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. But even in those times, we are in the protective hand of God, and nothing can come to us but what God allows. And there's a security in that. Um, someone once said, uh, we are indestructible until God's finished with us. God's purpose will be achieved through the lives of his people as we trust him. The time my message is God's ability to protect us. Look at, at 1 Samuel 19, verse 1. We'll read this scripture. Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's, uh, Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much. So he told him, my father Saul intends to kill you. Be on your guard in the morning and hide in a secret place and stay there. I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and talk to him about you. When I see what he says, I'll tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said to him, the king should not sin against his servant David. He hasn't sinned against you. In fact, his actions have been a great advantage to you. He took his life in his hands when he struck down the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. So why would you sin against innocent blood by killing David for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan's advice and swore an oath, As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. So Jonathan summoned David and told him all these words. Then Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he served him as he did before. When war broke out again, David went out and fought against the Philistines. He defeated them with such great force that they fled from him. Now an evil spirit sent from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his palace holding a spear. David was playing the lyre, and Saul tried to pin David to the wall with a spear. As the spear struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away, and escaped that night. Saul sent agents to David's house to watch for him and kill him in the morning. But his wife, Michael, warned David, If you don't escape tonight, you will be dead tomorrow. So she lowered David from the window, and he fled and escaped. Then Michael took the household idol and put it on the bed, placed some goat hair on its head, and covered it with a garment. When Saul sent agents to seize David, Michael said, He's sick. Saul sent the agents back to see David and said, Bring him on his bed so I can kill him. When the messengers arrived, to their surprise, the household idol was on the bed with some goat hair on its head. Saul asked Michael, Why did you deceive me like this? You sent my enemy away and he has escaped. She answered him, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him everything that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel left and stayed at Nioth. When it was reported to Saul that David was at Nioth at Ramah, he sent angels to seize David. However, uh, he sent agents to seize David. However, when they saw the group of prophets prophesying with Samuel and leading them, 
the Spirit of God came on Saul's agents, and they also started prophesying. When they reported to Saul, he sent other agents, and they also began prophesying. So again Saul tried and sent a third group of agents, and even they began prophesying. Then Saul himself went to Ramah. He came to a large cistern at Succoth, looked around and said, Where are Samuel and David? At Naoth in, in Ramoth, someone said. So he went to Naoth in Ramah. The Spirit of God also came on him. And as he walked along, he prophesied until he entered Naoth at Ramah. Saul then removed his clothes and also prophesied before Samuel. He collapsed and lay naked all that day and all that night. That is why they say, is Saul also among the prophets? God's ability to protect us. Why is he able to protect us? Well, first of all, I want you to see he is the all-powerful God. He is the all-powerful God. There is nothing that God can't do that is consistent with his character. God is able. And we need to trust God. And his ability and his great power uh, to protect us. You remember when Moses and the Israelites were at the Red Sea. And the pillar of fire stood between them and between the Egyptian army. Then God led them through the Red Sea. And the Egyptians followed after them after the Israelites were out. God closes the ocean in upon the Egyptian army and protected his people. Jesus stood up in the boat and said, peace be still, and the wind and the waves had to obey. This is the God that we serve. Jesus spoke to blind eyes and said, uh, may you see. And they were healed. Jesus raised the dead. We serve an all-powerful God. There's nothing he can't do. He holds the heart of kings in his hand. Sometimes we think, well, uh, what's going to happen if Things don't go the way we think they ought to go in national life. I'll tell you, God will still be God, and he will still be able. There's nothing that can come to your life that God can't control, that God is not able to handle. Put your trust in God. Um, what a great privilege that we have as God's people to be the apple of his eye. God cares for you. The Bible says your hairs are numbered. Your days are written in his book. As his child, he knit you together in your mother's womb with great care and great design. And the Bible says that because he loves us, he sent his son to die for us. Yes, you can trust in the power of God because God is able and he cares for you. Bring your problems and your troubles to him in prayer. Bring your concerns and burdens to him and cast them at his feet in prayer. God is able. Trust Him in the situations and circumstances of your life. You remember when Saul was on the boat and they went into this great storm. Paul, I'm speaking of the Saul of the New Testament, uh, also called Paul. And he's on this missionary journey and he's on this boat and they get in this great storm and he's warned them not to leave the port, but they left the port anyway. And now there's this great storm, and they, they, they're casting cargo overboard, and, they, and they've gone for weeks, and they, they can't even control the ship, so they're just letting the ship go which, whichever way it needs to go. And, and God speaks to Paul, and Paul says, Listen, I want you to know that nobody on this boat is going to die 
God has told me that, but we all have to stay on board. God is going to save us. And God brought them to a, a place where they could, where they could uh, go into the land and so forth. And it was really an amazing thing. God spared every single person on that boat. Why? Because God was with Paul in the storm. Can I tell you something? God is with you in your storm. He is with you in the trouble that you're going through. And he is able to carry you through. He's all powerful. Trust him. God's ability to protect us. Why is he able? He's the all powerful God. Secondly, he's the delivering God. Verse 10. Saul tried to pin David to the wall with a spear. As the spear struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away, and escaped that night. The delivering God. You say, well, it just said David escaped. It doesn't say why. Listen, Saul, first of all, surprises David. Now, maybe David's a little alert. I th- I'd probably be alert if I, if I thought somebody was trying to kill me before. I'd probably pay attention to what they were doing. But, but Saul was a, a soldier. He was a, a man uh, of skill. And he takes his spear and he throws it at David. And David somehow is able to get away from it. In those close quarters where he's playing music for Saul. Why? Because God's with him. Nothing could touch David that God didn't allow to touch him. And David was able to escape. You remember the Israelites? They escaped the land of Egypt with great signs and wonders. Uh, The Bible says that God delivered them from Egypt. He redeemed them with a strong hand and an outstretched arm because he's the delivering God. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost. He delivers people who put their trust in him. If you don't know Christ, uh, the Bible says Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Uh, He died and he rose and because he did, you can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. And God will deliver you from the penalty of your sin from an eternity in hell, from a separation from God. Uh, But he'll also deliver you from the power of sin, and he'll set you free. He is a delivering God. You put your trust in him. If you're a child of God, trust in the Holy Spirit that God has given you uh, and follow his direction in your life and submit to him in your life, and he will set you free. We serve a delivering God. God, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. He's a delivering God. But he doesn't only deliver us in the sense of salvation and in the sense of, of, of temptation and those kinds of issues. God is in the business of delivering his people. I heard a story years ago about uh, Corrie ten Boom, and she was uh, in an airport, uh, and they were, they were searching people to see if they were, had anything that they weren't supposed to have. And she had a thing full of Bibles that she was smuggling into this country. And she began to pray because she saw that the guard was coming towards them and just making his way down the line that she was in. And she said, God, help him not to see us or to see the the Bibles that are here if he searches us. And, And she tells the story. He checked every single person up to her, then walked by her and checked the person behind her like he didn't even see her. I want to tell you something. God is able to deliver. 
I heard another story about a, a preacher in a, in a country that, was, that experienced a lot of persecution. And uh, they had destroyed churches and they'd killed Christians and imprisoned Christians. And um, he would go from place to place and he would preach. And somehow God would show him when he needed to leave. And he would leave, and oftentimes just right after he left, something would happen and persecution would begin. But God protected him over the years from place to place where he went. Um, God is able to sustain us in that persecution and deliver us through persecution. Um, one of my professors in college shared, he was in Romania uh, when Romania was persecuting Christians. And uh, his father was killed by the, by the Romanian police, and then he was arrested and tortured for his faith. And he said he would s- sit outside hearing others inside the room. He would sit outside praying, Jesus, give me the strength not to deny you. And he said that God gave him the grace through all of those things. And eventually they kicked him out of the country. I guess he shared Christ a little too much for their liking, and he came to America. Um, But I want you to know, God is able to deliver you through. He's able to deliver you from. And one day, there's going to be a great deliverance. The Bible says that the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord, and we will forever be delivered from evil. There'll be no sorrow, no crying, no pain, no death, because we serve a delivering God. So put your trust in God as you're delivering God. That's who he is. He is able to deliver you. God's ability to protect us. Why is he able? He's the all-powerful God. He's the delivering God. Thirdly, he's the all-knowing God. The all-knowing God. Look at verse 11. Isn't it interesting? At verse 11, uh, you don't see Saul telling all his servants and all his family what he's going to do. But somehow Michael finds out. Look at verse 11. Saul sent agents to David's house to watch for him and to kill him in the morning. But his wife Michael warned David, If you don't escape tonight, you'll be dead tomorrow. God knew the plot of Saul. Now if I was Saul and I was smart, I would not tell Jonathan what I was going to do. And I would not tell Michael either because I know that Michael loves David. And so I would not tell them, but somehow Michael finds out. How? The Bible doesn't tell us. But I do know this, God knows everything that's going to happen in your life, in my life, and in David's life. And God allowed Michael to know. God is able to supply the information that's necessary to protect us. Do you believe that? Michael shares this information and and helps David. Isn't it ironic That she dresses up an idol. God uses an idol to deliver David. I want to tell you, we serve a sovereign God. He can use the Muslims. He could use the Jehovah's Witnesses for his purpose. God is sovereign. He's able. And and he is the all-knowing God. The Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. In Isaiah 53, the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is described in detail hundreds of years before it took place. The place of Jesus' birth, 
the place where Jesus would grow up in Nazareth, all is predicted in Old Testament Scripture. Uh, Josh McDowell tells us in his book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, for eight of those prophet, prophecies to be fulfilled, the likelihood of those things being fulfilled in one person is the same as filling the state of Texas with silver dollars and painting one of them green and dropping it somewhere over the middle out of a helicopter, blindfolding somebody and sending them in the, te- the state of Texas, and the first one they pick up is the green silver dollar. That's the odds of all that. Just those eight prophecies being fulfilled in Jesus. Why? Because we serve an all-knowing God. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything that is happening in the spiritual world. He knows everything that is happening in the government. He knows everything that is happening among the opponents of Christianity. Everything that's happening in the educational field. You know, sometimes I I hear people, well, what are we going to do with with the secularism that is in our universities? I'm going to tell you, God's sovereign over it. He's the all-knowing God. Isn't it interesting that now the scientists themselves are disproving their own theories? Now, uh, I recently heard about the theory that the universe has a beginning. That has become accepted, but, uh, but the evolutionists didn't like that. Why? Because to say that the universe has a beginning means that probably there's somebody who started it all. And they didn't like it because it points to God. Now you've got people who are seeing design. You've got so much information in DNA. and You've got all this evidence, these motors. Every human cell has a, a complex motor. In it that is efficient. I've, I've told people for years, I was a mechanic. I've seen many motors break down, but I've never seen any motors come together by themselves. There's always a designer. You see, God's all knowing, He knows all these things. And it, it's, it's ironic to me that He uses the very people who want to disclaim the name of Christ to disprove. The false theories that they present. He is all-knowing. He has given us his word. By the way, that's one reason you ought to trust the word of God. God is all-knowing. I don't care what person you may come across, how smart they may seem, how much of an expert they are in the eyes of the world. There is no expert that even has a drop of the wisdom that God has. God has given us his wisdom in his word. Be in his word. Believe his word. Put your trust in it. Build your life on it. Saturate your mind with it and you'll be wise. I love what uh, David says in the psalm. He says, Lord, because your word is my meditation, I have more understanding than all my teachers. God is all-knowing. Trust him that he knows what problems you're going to come across tomorrow that you don't even know about yet. When you come to him in prayer in the morning, ask God to give you wisdom and ask God to help you with the things that you're going to face in that day. and Ask him to live through you the life that honors Jesus Christ. Um, God is able to help you. Pray for wisdom. Pray for leadership. I love Psalm 25. It talks about how God will lead us in life. And what a wonderful thing to know. He leads us through his word. 
He leads us through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He leads us through wise counselors sometimes as well. But God is in the business of leading us in life. Put your trust in his leadership because God is all-knowing. And as you do these things, it's amazing. I, we, had a, we had a problem in my last church, and, and I remember um, just kind of being overwhelmed, telling God I didn't know what to do with it. And, and I felt like God was saying, Lord, Roger, you just trust me with today. You do what I tell you to do today, and you trust me. And I had no clue what I was doing, but I took one step at a time. And God, through a series of circumstances, worked everything out. I want to tell you something. He, he knows everything. He's all-knowing. Adrian Rogers says he can take a crooked arrow and shoot it straight. I like that. That's the God we serve. He's all-knowing. Put your trust in him. Trust him to supply the information that you need in life. God's ability to protect us. Why is he able? He's the all-powerful God. He's the delivering God. He's the all-knowing God. Finally, he's the creative God. He's the creative God. He is able to use divine creativity to help you. Isn't that an interesting thought? I love this. I don't know of any other situation in Scripture where somebody is delivered through the act of prophesying. Who would have even thought that up? But God thought it up. And in this deliverance, not only does God try to give Saul a message, and there's a message of warning there, but he shows how utterly in control he is of the situation. Three different groups that Saul sends, none of them are successful. Then Saul's not successful. And God, through this, this act of prophesying, uh, protects David. And apparently they couldn't do anything but prophesy. God just kind of took over the situation. God is creative. It, it's amazing. You, you know that God is creative because he's made so many different kinds of people, right? I mean, there's all different kinds of people, all different kinds of personalities. It's interesting to kind of get to know different people and, and to, uh, to learn about different people because God has made us all with such great, uh, unique characteristics, and uh, he's creative. God spoke the universe into existence. The Bible says by, in Colossians that by him all things consist. They came together. They're held together by his power. God had the creativity to fashion you in your mother's womb. But he also had the creativity to make all of the universe, all of the galaxies, in all of their splendor. God did it. Have you ever wondered why we're able to see the stars? Did you know that we're situated right in the middle of our galaxy in an area where we can observe God's creation? And if we were in a different part of the galaxy, we wouldn't be able to see anything. Why? Because God put us there by design in his wisdom. So we could see the glory of God. This creative God, he has all these problems figured out. I took my daughter to the doctor. She had a, an ear infection, and um, the doctor was explaining to me uh, about the pressure in her ear. And, uh, and I said, I said well, well, is it going to rupture her eardrum? And he said, well, no. He said, if the pressure continues to grow, uh, there's, a, there's a little weakened place in every eardrum that will let some of that fluid through. I said, it's a pressure relief valve. He said, what? I said, that's a pressure relief valve. 
I said, I was a mechanic. I, we had pressure relief valves. And, and uh, we, they would put these things by design so that there wouldn't be too much pressure in the system to mess the system up and so that it would work properly. And he said, well, I guess you're right. It really is a pressure relief valve. You see, God's creative. He's put all these things into place. Listen, if he's that creative with creation, if he's that creative in the way that he delivers people like David, I want to tell you, he's got all this creativity to be used on your behalf. Trust that God can deliver you. How did God deliver the Israelites in Egypt? Creatively. Did you know that all of the plagues of Egypt showed the Egyptians that their gods could not defeat Yahweh, Jehovah God? The plague of darkness was to come against the sun god. The turning of the water to blood was against the god that they worshipped, the Nile. Uh, All of these different gods of Egypt were shown to be powerless against Yahweh. He was crazy. Not only did he deliver them, but he delivered them in such a way that they would have no other conclusion but that God is sovereign, that he is the great God of all the universe, and that if we're smart, we'll bow to him. Matter of fact, the last plague was the, the Passover. And God told Moses, tell them to put blood on the doorposts and the littles and so forth, and the death angel will pass over. And he said, but even the Egyptians, if they do this, will be delivered. Uh, Some of the Egyptians apparently had begun to believe through all that was taking place. And some of the Egyptians put that blood on the doorposts and littles. And the Bible says the death angel passed over them as well. And even being prepared for Christ. I want to tell you something. We have a creative God. And all of the things that he's done. And he is creative. He has creative solutions for your life. Bring your problems to him. Ask him for his leadership. Ask him for his his wisdom and, and, and search his scripture. Because God has the ability to help you in life. Um, I know of no other place in scripture where somebody was put into a basket and put into a river for deliverance. It's creative. God gave Moses' parents the wisdom to do that. And even in so doing, predicted what was going to happen through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I don't have time to get into that. This is our creative God. He can give you wisdom. He can give you words to say in a witnessing situation. He can help you diffuse a situation that is tense. Have you ever been in a situation, maybe a meeting that was tense? Pray to God for wisdom. Ask God how to navigate the situation. Have you ever had somebody that hated your guts? David's experiencing that, right? God is able to give you the wisdom and and to bring people into your life. Isn't it interesting that God brings the people into David's life that he needs because he knows he's going to need them before he needs them. And God uses all these things, creativity. Yes, Michael is an idolater. Should, Should David have married an idolater? No. But God even uses his failure. 
God uses and he shows his greatness in delivering him with an idol. This is the God that we serve. He is utterly in control. He is creative. So trust his ability to protect you. Why should you trust God's ability to protect you? Well, he's the all-powerful God, the delivering God, the all-knowing God, and the creative God. He is able to deliver. If you're dealing with worry today, if you've been struggling uh, with the problems in your life, I just want to ask you here in a moment, we begin to sing, just to come down this, this altar and to tell God what's going on in your life. And to thank him for something good in your life. And the Bible says you can have his peace that passes understanding if you do so. And you can have his help in your situation. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, um, there is a deliverance. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's what the all-knowing God says. There's only one way. And that's through Jesus. Uh, Jesus lived the perfect life you couldn't live in your place. He died on the cross as your substitute and took the wrath and the justice of God upon himself. And he rose again after saying on the cross, it is finished. He rose again. And the Bible says if we'll surrender our lives to follow him and receive that gift of forgiveness that he'll save our souls. The Bible says this is a promise of God. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God will raise him from the dead. You will be saved. Promise of God. If you'd like to do that this morning, I'm just going to invite you. I'll be standing here at the front. and invite you to come down here to the front and just say, Pastor, uh, I'm ready. And I'll know what you're talking about. And, and we'll go through a prayer, a phrase at a time with you. Or if you want to pray in your own words, you can do that. Uh, but uh, we'll go through a prayer of commitment with you uh, so that you can tell God what you want to do. And you can leave this place knowing where you're going to spend eternity. And having a relationship with the all-powerful, all-knowing, creative God who can do anything. He can be your helper. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for all that you do for us. Thank you for your, your help in protecting us in life, Lord. Thank you for that ultimate protection that you gave us through your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sin and rose again. Father, I pray for any here today that don't know him, that they would surrender their hearts to him and put their trust in him, uh, receiving that gift of salvation and uh, relationship with you. And Father, uh, if there's anyone here today who's struggling with worry, God, I pray that uh, you